and welcome back to Resonant Reels, where we talk about movies and TV and stuff like that. We're back for another jam-packed episode of Breaking Bad. But before that, let's check in. Of course, I'm Chandler, and I'm with my buddy Adam. How you doing? I'm Adam, and I'm I'm here. <laughs> Meaning in Earth, on existence, I exist currently. That's how I'm doing. Yeah, we're both kind of like simultaneously on the road which is fun so we had like you know a great time of like trying to figure out how are we going to record this because we're not in usual setups anymore that's consistent and it's great time zones and hotels and i left my headphones on the bus and it started raining and then discord wanted to update when i launched it and then my audacity program decided that it was gonna you know just multiply my voice by 10 for no reason uh so we're about 30 minutes late into our scheduled time (laughs) or it's gonna be a great day we got breaking bad to talk about of course, I, I was so busy that I watched all of these last night, literally. <laughs> Dang, you know what's wild? Um, I watched all three of them this morning. So I am fresh and ready to talk about them. We're so fresh. I love it. I love it. So anyway, so this episode, we are diving into episodes 8, 9, and 10 of season 2. This is kind of like we just... Not to spoil anything before we like dive in, we like we get some of these new characters that are gonna be very prominent throughout in the rest. And it's also like a big kind of like episode arc because it's like things change. We get a lot more character development, even though like there's already a lot of character development, but like I feel like we learn more about Walt. Jesse's like on this journey himself. There's a lot of hope for Jesse, but we'll dive into that. But to start off, episode eight, titled Better Call Saul. This one's written by Peter Gould and directed by Terry McDonough. And I'll let you get into it, Adam. Yeah, okay. So we meet Saul, which so I know that um you've talked to me about having wanting on your end to is it also rewatch or watch for the first time Better Call Saul this the the show? Also rewatch. Okay, okay. I finally met this character, loved him played by Bob Odenkirk. And this is my fun fact that I told Chandler I was going to reveal on the podcast. So my small claim to fame is that I actually went to high school with Bob Odenkirk's nephews. Shout out to Tristan and Keenan. They both live in Chicago now. I still talk to Tristan every now and then. We we catch up occasionally. Um, but I, I've never met Bob, but I have absolutely met his nephews and his sister-in-law and his brother and like been to their house and things. Um, really cool family. That's my, that's my small claim to fame is I know some of the Odenkirks. So <laughs> that's amazing. Holy shit. That's cool. Maybe, maybe we can like pull some straight. He's probably a busy man. Be like, Hey, we want to talk to you on this little podcast. <laughs> where we, very small. <laughs> where we have like four listeners consistently. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. He's he's really busy. He's a great actor. He's like really busy right now. Oh, he's phenomenal. He's so awesome. And so it was really cool kind of seeing him in this role that he's very well known for um, that I had never seen before. So I guess to start off talking about the episode, there's so many things that are happening that are just kind of like interwoven. So I'll pick like a story arc and just kind of like go with it. I think the first thing that I have is they're doing such a wonderful job at, I feel like, portraying Hank's PTSD from that bomb that went off in El Paso. Because Hank really is built to be 
you know, the the macho man like character and they are having him deal with PTSD in a way that someone with that archetype absolutely would, where it's like not taking it seriously, constantly brushing it off, like saying that therapy is useless, but also simultaneously kind of saying that like, you're actually just scared of going to therapy because you're scared you're going to lose your job and things like that. And so we see Hank, like, I mean, pretty close to the beginning, just not uh, getting out of bed and his wife, calls um skylar who had just left for work and and walt picks up the phone and the next scene we have is like walt kind of just sitting on the bed with hank and hank's trying to be like oh you know it's uh what did he say he's at montezuma's revenge or whatever basically trying to imply that he's just really sick and he was like oh you shouldn't get too close and walt's just like i'll take my chances and then there's kind of this like moment where hank recognizes that like Walt's not going anywhere until he talks about things. And so he's like, oh, okay. So I, you know, you, you probably heard what happened down in El Paso and they just kind of like chat and Walt is like, well, you know, even if you don't want to talk to a therapist, you should talk to me or talk to, you know, your wife, like we're, we're here for you. And that's kind of, that's kind of all that we, we really get from that because then we see like Hank return to his old job. There's also like at the end of that conversation, Walt kind of like turns into like Heisenberg a little bit. Oh, a little bit. Yeah. With his like, because Hank says, hey, the whole like, you know, our jobs are so not in the same field as each other or whatever. And and Walt is kind of like, no, I think our jobs can or our lives can like relate, our work can relate or whatever. And then, yeah, that's kind of when that like switch happens into his like Heisenberg persona. Of course, like he hides all of like his criminal life with like in his like cancer and and like dealing with his cancer and everything. But then like he like very much is like, get off your ass, Hank, and just like face, you know, the monsters face to face. Like Walt starts going down this like weird, dark path like he becomes dark walt like this is alter ego walt and we kind of like see this happen (laughs) (laughs) dark walt yeah honestly though so yeah so welcome to dark walt uh which is what definitely sets the tone for the next like three episodes that we're talking about and so we also find out that hank like was put on leave from his el paso um assignment i'll say and has returned to his like former like dea position again like as he's in the elevator to like return he's fully out there having a a panic attack in the elevator like can't breathe vision getting crazy all that kind of stuff that's kind of and i'll and i'll talk about why he was in the building because that links to one of the other storylines i suppose God, dude, I'm such a sucker for like a tensiony romance, meaning uh, Jesse and Jane. Yes, I'm feeling things like I'm invested in their relationship. And I don't want to be invested in any of these characters because I feel I feel like everything's bad all the time. <laughs> and so it's not the kind of show where I'm like, yeah, anyway, okay, the, the episode actually like starts. Well, we have a teaser. I'll say we have a teaser. The the actual episode pretty much starts with um, Jesse and Jane, and 
uh like you can clearly tell that they just like spent the night together and like there is no bed they're fully just like on a comforter on the floor and like it was very very cute and and then all of a sudden there was like this massive tone shift because jesse like brings up like oh like why don't we smoke and you know she was kind of like just all of a sudden gets up like gets stressed like no i'm good like and he's like did i say something wrong she was like no i just gotta go like she wasn't being unpleasant. She was just being like very short. And then like, as she about to leave, she, leave, she uh, like tosses this coin at him. And it says uh, like 18. He's like, what is this? And she's like, I'm 18 months sober. And she's like, you know, marijuana is kind of like a, a gateway back into everything. You know, you can tell that Jesse immediately feels like shit. And he's like, oh, sh- like, fuck sobriety. Like, that's really cool. Like, whatever. They do a little bit more small talk. And then she leaves so that made me just go like god damn it but also i thought was interesting um because it starts to show more about her and i feel like it definitely plays into what i find interesting about their relationship like if she's 18 months sober and she's with this guy who is making and selling meth and like obviously does not know that information but like she can tell that something's up because jesse's not a discreet dude i mean he's constantly like taking calls and there's weird people over and all this stuff like she knows something i'm i'm interested to see where their relationship does or does not go especially based off of things that happen to me watching that kind of like like that part of like the relationship in this episode was very much like is there's hope for like jesse to you know get cleaner and have a better life for himself but then it's also like oh god it could just go south very quickly and terribly it could go the opposite way entirely yeah yeah it's like i want it to be good for jesse i want it to be good for jesse i feel like it's i feel like it's gonna I feel like it's going to go the opposite way and it's going to be really sad and I'm <laughs> I'm already upset about it and I don't even know. So I'll be a little bit more like sequential to the actual episode now. So uh, <laughs> I just, I feel like those were my, those, those are my highlights. Bob Odenkirk, um, Jesse and Jane and the way that Hank's PTSD were like shown. So we start off, we have our teaser um, and our teaser is with Badger who started off as a smurf and is now one of the like quote unquote higher up which dear god um drug dealers for um jesse and walt and this man is just so fucking stupid um like he just seems like they did a great job at making him like a very likable sweet character who is the epitome of just like not a thought in his head he's at he's on this bench or whatever there's this guy sitting down and and so when badger goes to sit this this skinny kid is basically like hey like are you are you selling and badger immediately has the correct reaction which is like dude you're literally a cop like he points at this he's like there's this unmarked brown van over there he's like there's this um he's he's and this this kid who's sitting on the bench he's like Literally, what are you even talking about? Like, I'm just trying to get high, man. And like, what's so funny is simultaneously, as you're watching this, you know, it is a cop. Like, you know, because the, the, this actor 
who was in um, a couple of my favorite episodes of uh, Black Mirror, actually, is he's a really great actor. And he did a great job at acting as a cop who was acting as an undercover junkie because he just reads like a like a narc he reads like an undercover cop as he's trying to be like i'm just trying to get high man like he like doesn't really know like how junkies actually are and is just trying to like use the lingo and badger again like he he goes oh and there's this other like oh floral shop car like over here or whatever he's like dude you're totally a cop like it's not that easy and then the kid like goes to leave says something i don't remember and badger's like okay well then like lift up your shirt like show me you're not wearing a wire so the guy does he like lifts up his shirt and badger immediately makes a joke about like oh i'm blinded by the white and like (laughs) which was super funny and then this this kid is like you know what screw it man like i just was you know trying to get high or whatever but now i don't even know if i want it and it's like no junkie is gonna do that like like no junkie's gonna goat the seller into selling to them and being like well now i don't even know like like do i even want to buy from you badger that's when he like switches around and he starts apologizing he's like hey hey i'm sorry like you know sit down sit down like um i wish there was a way that we could you know figure out that you're not not a cop and he was like i know go punch that dude in the face over there and he and the kids like that guy he's like he's going to pummel me and badger's like yeah you're right like dang if only there was a way and this guy literally goes dude i i know like if you have to if you ask someone if they're a cop they can't lie to you they have to be honest it's in the constitution so badger is like oh for real it's in the constitution and this kid's like yeah and he goes okay and then the kid's like ask me badger goes are you a cop he says no you got to do it all like official like and so he goes okay are you a police officer and the guy goes no and so then he he goes Cool. All right. Well, then he says like 175 for, you know, whatever the 16th or something. The kid was like, oh, shit. And he's like, look, price is the price. And then the guy like takes out his money, hands it. Badger goes and gets the meth out of the garbage can that's next to the park bench, slides it over. They do the exchange. And as the kid goes to walk away, he very clearly like stalls for a second, turns around like puts his um leg up as if he's gonna tie his shoe on the bench and pulls out an ankle gun and is like get out like like police albuquerque police department or whatever and badger gets arrested on the spot a shot of the two vans the floral shop and the unmarked brown van like drive in all the cops pour out of it like this is huge because obviously badger is selling the blue meth that the dea has been like looking for and even though this wasn't the DEA, obviously this police department is going to like inform the DEA that, you know, about their findings and everything because this is so unusual. That whole scene was just like very funny. And oh, and also like I enjoyed that Badger too in the beginning when he was talking about the unmarked vans. He was like, you know what you should do? You should get a garbage truck. He was like, <laughs> and he was like, just have a bunch of cops in the back of a garbage cu- truck. Because you know what I wouldn't do? I wouldn't look at a garbage truck and be like, yo, I bet there's a bunch of cops back there. And like, <laughs> the logic was just so funny. And the fact that he was still stupid enough to just like 
get caught. Like he knew he made the right decision. And then begin, he was like, but it's in the constitution. And I was like, Oh God. So that was our teaser that kind of set up like the conflict of all of this. That's us going into the Jesse and Jane scene. And then that Jesse and Jane scene is what takes us into Marie talking to Walt and then Walt going and visiting Hank. And then the scene we get after that, Jesse and Walt start to split up their money. Once again, Walt is like, we're missing money. And um, Jesse's like, look, don't worry about it. Like Badger hasn't, you know, put put in his his whole stuff yet, but he's going to pull an all nighter. He's probably just sleeping in. Walt is like, basically takes the stance of like, he's not your buddy. Like we're doing business. Like he needs to know that he needs to like get his, his money in on time and sell his product and all this. So Jesse calls combo and Jesse puts on the hard ass routine with combo about like, where the fuck is Badger? Like where's Badger's money, all this stuff. And that is when Jesse finds out and specifically says they were scared to tell me, which I think is interesting because we went from, all these guys kind of being like Jesse's buddies a little bit. So now they're definitely being a hierarchy. But Combo tells Jesse that Badger got arrested. So this is our kind of introduction to Saul. So we get to um, Badger is in custody. And the, the guy who is the undercover agent is fully the one interrogating him and Badger's just so sad. He was like, I thought we were going to hang out, man. And like, this cop is like, we are hanging out. And he was like, nah, like you said it was in the constitution. Like he is acting like a little kid, a fully like a little kid. And in walks Saul, who's like, I know you're not talking to my like client without me, blah, blah, blah. Like makes the, the cop leave and like starts sitting down with Badger and going through his file, but it's the wrong file. So he starts talking to Badger about like his public masturbation charge. Um, and Badger has to look at him and be like, um, I'm the guy who was selling meth, allegedly, which was just, oh my God, that was fun. Oh, and it's worth mentioning because if you blink, you'll miss it. But when Badger gets arrested in the beginning and after the kid stands up, it is a Saul Goodman lawyer ad that is on the bench um, in the teaser. Throughout this episode, there's a lot of sprinklings of like the advertising of Saul Goodman. We get like some commercials and like background, like, TV spots and stuff. And you're like, this is just like the billboard highway, like attorney at law who will defend you, anyone, when he's just like, if you have the money, let's be clear. If you have the money, he'll do the best he thinks is worthy of the money you give him. Yeah, is which we find out very quickly. That's we, you know, that's who Badger calls basically to come like take care of this problem. And this is when Hank winds up in that elevator to go back to the DEA office and he's with Gomez and Gomez informs him that Albuquerque PD like picked up a guy who had the blue meth. And so he's like, I'm going to go down there and check it out. Like, do you want to come with? So he goes as Saul is leaving the like interview office or whatever with Badger, he runs into Hank and Gomez. Hank immediately tries to give Saul some like some pointed sass and i loved it because saul gave it right back and it was really the first time that we saw hank like get spoon-fed his own just derogatory blunt like dialogue um and it was so good it was so good 
And then immediately, though, because he sees that they're DEA, Saul realizes that Badger is like a pawn for something. And so he's able to piece together like, oh, I am now involved in like something that's slightly larger than just some like drug addict who's selling some normal meth out on the street. So then we cut to Jesse and Walt are parked outside of the Saul Goodman like law office. And Walt is like this, like this is who uh, Badger called. And Jesse's like, this is who you call. Like, this is who I would have called. And Walt's like, oh, great. Well, if you would have called him, I'm sure it's fantastic. And so we're like kind of back to Walt not really giving Jesse his his honestly like due respect at this point in a lot of ways he's still he's kind of gone back to like this this bullying Jesse about his intelligence and not making smart choices and blah 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 but they do a a coin toss about who has to go pay Saul in order to like help get Badger off and Walt loses so Walt goes in and he um, pretends to be Badger's uncle. In their conversation, Saul tells Walt that like the DEA want Badger because of his connection to this Heisenberg guy. Saul tells uh, Walt, who's in disguise, that like he he's telling Badger to like give up. Heisenberg and uh, Badger's response has basically been like, they'll kill me, they'll kill me, like, which again, I think is so interesting because now Walt and Jesse have these reputations of being like brute enforcers because of the ATM machine incident and like. Which gets brought up because like Walt playing this fake uncle is just like, I. I heard like Badger, I mean Brandon, because it's like playing with like, oh, we realize Badger's real name's Brandon. The people he's working for like smashed a guy's head in with an ATM. And Saul's like, nah, 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 it's just the wife. Used to be a client of mine. Yeah, it's just the wife gone crazy. And it's just like, oh shit. And so then immediately, like, we see Walt kind of switch into that Heisenberg persona again. And tries to simultaneously intimidate Saul and offer him like a $10,000 bribe. He has, and and what's important is in the scene, Walt has a coughing fit. He just like starts absolutely hacking up a lung. And we don't actually see the results of that bribe offer. But then Walt gets back into Jesse's car is like, he, you know, he didn't take the bribe. And uh jesse was like shocked he was like that guy like didn't take the bribe and what was like yeah he started yelling at me about how he like never been so like morally upset or any something like that i yeah <laughs> which was very funny so of course the natural response was that walt and jesse were going to kidnap saul that night they go all out they put on ski masks they dug this dude of uh, his own grave and they get him like on his knees at gunpoint. Jesse does all of the talking. Basically is like, you know, old offers off the table. You should have accepted the 10 grand. So now, uh, you know, you're going to represent Badger without that bribe. And if anybody says anything to the DEA, like they were going to kill him. Well, again, what I think is very interesting, which I'm guessing we will potentially learn more about, is Saul thinks that Jesse and Walt are other people related to some other 
incident event something that had gone on because he, he mentions two names. He says, it wasn't me, it was Ignacio. And then he says that he was relieved that these two guys um, weren't sent by Wallo. I'm like, oh, this this is opening up some other storylines here. And that was like very kind of quickly brushed over. But like it was obviously touched on enough that you could tell like, oh, this is important. So then Walt starts having a coughing fit again. And because of that, Saul recognizes him and uh, tells Walt to just like, you know, pull like take a ski mask off and so he does and then fucking jesse like punches him uh because he's like you're not not actually like full-on but like you're an idiot like you never actually take your ski mask off thing um and saul and this is this gave me like such clarity as to like saul's character and i loved this he was like all right here's what we're gonna do each of you are gonna put a dollar in my pocket and that therefore makes everything moving forward attorney client privilege and confidential and he's like um because i will then be like a your hired um attorney and so they do they they put money and <laughs> fucking jesse's like i only have a five and Saul's like i'll take a five like put it like as if like he's doing jesse a favor which is very funny and that whole like kind of thing ends with saul being like look somebody is going to go to jail it's just a matter of who. That whole scene is just so, so good because it's just like we really learn more about Saul Goodman's character. And then we just see this like new relationship that's going to happen between the three of them. And it's like it's so funny because like initially when Saul's like still on the ground on his knees, he's just like, well, why do you want to defend this guy? Like, why don't you just like, you know, just get him killed? And then, you know, because like this is before the masks have come off and everything. Jesse's just like, no. And like Walt looks being like, oh, that's not a terrible idea. Just like take him out. And Jesse's like, no, we're not killing Badger. <laughs> and it gets brought up a couple more times through the, throughout the end of the episode, which is hilarious. Or just like, it'd just be easier just to like, you know, get him killed on the inside, you know, and not have to deal with him ratting anyone out. Um, but then the scene in particular is so visually beautiful. It's It's like dusk. And they're in the middle of the desert and the desert looks very blue and you have the RV. The headlights are in this like lime green kind of lighting and it's lighting the characters because there's a lot of like these like aerial shots of the scene. And then you get the red from the rear lights of the RV. And it's just like this very stark, beautiful like lighting of the scene. And you just like you feel the intensity of the situation of just like, not only is it like risky for Saul, but like Walt and Jesse have just like gone off the deep end without fully thinking through a plan again. And it's great because these also are the same ski masks when they went to steal the barrel of methylamine in the heist. So it's just funny that they're just like, oh, we're just grabbing what we still have around to like do all these like crazy last minute plans. It's so thrown together, but also because they've been doing this for so long, like they have acquired the things to be able to throw stuff together now, which is fascinating. So um, then we kind of get these two moments back to back, which are Badger gives Hank, because Hank is now in the room with Badger, a description of Heisenberg and says, I don't he's old, like 50, 70, like can't give something concrete, which is 
perfect. Um, but also says, you know, he's like, um, what kind of hair did he have? And he's like, oh, he's he's balder, like balder than you. Then we cut to Saul uh, with Walt and giving like passing him uh, this like, I don't know, file on this ex-con. And he is a bald, older looking guy, apparently like is willing to be put back into jail as Heisenberg as long as he gets paid. And like the whole thing there is like he hasn't been doing great on the outside. So he wants to go back to prison, which is kind of sad. Um, But also we don't know anything else about this guy. So it reads very comedic. This winds up being it's going to be $80,000 plus a pound of the blue meth. And, uh, you know, Saul says 50 grand is for me, 30 grand is for this ex-con. That's kind of like where they leave things is like, they very clearly, Jesse and Walt don't want to pay that. And Saul's like, look, if this is too much for you, then, you know, uh, we can let Badger do whatever or kill Badger. Like, is <laughs> and, um, and they're like, all right. And so they, you know, agree to the terms of this agreement. And so it's set up. Um, on two sides, the DEA is doing a, a, a setup with the Albuquerque PD. And, um, but also, like, it's a setup that Saul has orchestrated with this ex-con Jimmy in that uh, Badger goes to, like, do a drop swap. So he's being watched by Hank and uh, Gomez and that uh, Albuquerque cop who was undercover in the teaser and those and they're in a car and then Jesse and Walt are parked like a block behind them and they're also staking out the same situation while also watching the cop car and this random dude walks up to sit next to Badger who is a middle-aged bald guy <laughs> and Badger has no idea you know what this jimmy dude is supposed to look like and so he just starts like he's he's like very clearly acting um because he's badger and he's like okay i i uh, mr heisenberg he goes okay mr heisenberg i presume and then this guy just like doesn't even acknowledge him that's on the bench but like he fully like showed up with a briefcase and a newspaper like it it was done so well walt and jesse obviously start freaking the fuck out because they're like oh my god that's not him like this whole thing is about to go to shit like that's not him so walt comes up with an idea he like puts his car in gear he drives and he gets like in front and jesse's like what's happening and walt is like get out of the car and go tell him that that's the wrong guy because at this point the actual uh ex-con like jimmy has walked up and sat on the other bench next to badger he was like you have to tell badger this is the wrong guy like go talk to the other guy and jesse's like I will literally get like arrested on the spot. Like this is being watched. And Walt's like, I have a plan. So Jesse does. He like dips out of the car. Uh, Walt drives up and he sees, he pretends like he sees Hank. He's like, 
hey, how's it going? And he blocks the view of the binoculars of the APD guy in the bag. And Hank's like, well, we're on a job. And he's like, how are you? I'm just checking in. Like, are you feeling any better? Are you like doing okay? Like just takes on like an absolute quirky, doesn't know what's going on, airhead, like brother-in-law role, basically. It was so good. And, uh, and, and Hank keeps trying to be like, move. And like the guy in the back's like, we don't have the shot. We don't have the shot. And then he's just trying to buy Jesse as much time as possible. So Jesse finally is like, gets to Badger and he's like, it's the wrong guy. It's the wrong guy. Like, go sit over there. And like, once Walt thinks that things are like clear, because he doesn't know, he's really just estimating on time at that point. Hank is like, being like, Walt, please drive away. Like, please drive away. And, and Walt's like, forward? Forward's the good way to go? Like, I should go. Is that the best way to get out of here? And so he drives. And the guy in the back's like, where'd he go? Where, where the hell did he go? And then he just shifts over to the other bench. And he's like, oh, there they are. And then they watch Badger and this guy do the swap. And they immediately move in. And it is a pretty much direct callback to the teaser. The two vans like drive in, um, you know, guns are pointed. But it was like immediately after the drop happened, like the guy was already putting his hands up behind his head, like before the sirens even really like started. And so they arrested Jimmy as Heisenberg. It's such a good scene because it's just it's so it's so chaotic. And it's like, of course, Walt and Jesse show up because they've never done this kind of criminal thing before. So like Walt being, you know, very I have to be involved in everything has to see how it goes down so it's like it's great luck that they showed up but it's also just a complete mess like everything they do it feels like and i I love it when he like he stops with hank and he's like are you doing okay i want to check in with you haven't chatted in a while and hank's like we're we're working and he's like you're working like like dea stuff like you're like you're doing something right now like a case case? yeah (laughs) so yeah and then at the end of that sting operation Hank is like watching, like we see that like uh, Albuquerque police guy like on the phone being like, yeah, it was a great job. This textbook, we got the guy. It's a great win for Albuquerque police. And Hank's just in there being like, this was too easy. Like you see that just like facially and it's like really well acted of like he knows something is up. And then we immediately just cut back to like Jesse getting home. And he's just like exhausted after just the craziness of the day. And there's just a mattress in his apartment because he mentioned earlier in the episode, it's like, oh, I should get some furniture. And then Jane comes over and she's like, yeah, the movers came by earlier. I hope you don't mind that I let them in. He's like, nah, nah, not at all. And then, you know, he like flops the mattress on the ground. So Jesse has a happy ending to his day, whereas Walt um, has a very interesting moment. He's at the high school, like working in his classroom and who walks in Saul uh Walt is like how how are you here like how did you find me and Saul kind of like teases him a little bit he's like it should be a lot harder to find you than it is and he was like I basically said he hired a private investigator who and he was like he charged me for three hours so it probably took him less than one or whatever something like that and Walt was like are you blackmailing me and so i was like no i'm your attorney and they kind of make this like arrangement basically in a and and saul references the godfather that saul will be walt's like legal aid in this big like meth operation 
and can provide different like networking and, you know, like networking within people, but also just like strategy networking and things like that. Uh, it ends with his promotional slogan, which is if you want to make more money and keep the money, then you that you make, you better call Saul. It was like, dang, what a killer way to end an episode. It was just perfect. It was just like wrapped up in a neat little bow. Uh, and I, I, this is like one of my favorite episodes of the show so far. It's a really good like top of like second half of this season, kind of just like we're amping it up a little bit, getting some more energy and chaos in there just to like really like set us up to like when things are just eventually going to go even crazier. And it's like a fun way because it's not like intense or anything for the time being. It's just kind of like fun and ridiculous because we're just like seeing more of the criminal world that Walt is getting involved in. And it's even parts where like Jesse's learning a little bit, too. So it's really fun. That It's just like both of them are kind of just like, we don't know much anymore as we're getting more and more entrepreneurial with our endeavors with this criminal world. <laughs> <laughs> I did find that um, Bob Odenkirk said uh, this was one of his favorite moments filming when he was like at, like in the desert in the middle of the night at like 2 a.m. at gunpoint by <laughs> by Walt and uh, Jesse because it was just it was just ridiculous fun and like being able to have that opportunity to like film at like ridiculous hours just to get a really cool amazing atmosphere and shot. And, and having people like act at like some of their top degrees kind of thing just like makes a really cool process. And like, I love hearing that. It's just like everyone just had a good time doing this. That's awesome. Yeah, I guess I guess that. Yeah, that's better call Saul. So we can just hop into the next episode. So the next episode, episode nine is four days out. This one's written by Sam Catlin and directed by Michelle McLaren. This one kind of like has a bit of a callback to season one, you know, kind of like get that vibe where we kind of like get some season one vibes of like Walt and Jesse relationship, which is really fun. Our teaser in this one is that Walt is getting uh, he's waiting to get a, a pet CT scan, which uh, Hank and Marie and Skylar and Walt Jr. slash Flynn uh and Walt are all there and um it's just another very funny moment for like marie's character of her being like it's a it's a full pet ct scan right not just a pet scan she's like you know like we can we can read them half the time better than doctors can uh and like she's like oftentimes they consult us for you know further information or whatever blah blah Walt goes back and he gets his PET scan and they're, they're specifically seeing, you know, is the cancer treatment working basically? Like is the, is the tumor growing, going away, staying the same when it's finished? He, he sees it and he sees that there is like a very bright white spot basically on in the, in one of his lungs. He asks the tech, the radio, the radiologist technician, I guess, like, oh, do you see anything? And immediately contrasting everything Marie said, he was like, oh, I'm, I'm just the technician. Like the doctor will get back to you in four days. But when Walt sees that, you know, white spot, you, you know, he, you can see that he's like, oh, I'm, I'm dying. He was like, that is the tumor. Things are very bad. And I should not be expecting like any, any good results from this, like at all. 
And so that is how we we kick off this episode. We we kind of get into the bulk of the show, which is Saul starts giving Walt some information on like a proper money laundering um, and things like that with everything that it cost him and Jesse for like Badger. He, they don't have really like any money left. And Walt starts panicking because after seeing that, you know, tumor spot, He's like, I don't have a lot, a lot of time left to live. I, he, you know, he's worried about his family. He, you know, wants to make sure that they are set up um, for success. So he he starts kind of making a plan um, in his head. We don't necessarily know what that plan is yet because then we see what Jesse's up to, and Jesse is with Jane in bed again. They talk about going to Santa Fe to go to the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum. Jane tells Jesse that like a lot of Georgia O'Keeffe's like paintings look like vaginas to like try to entice him to go, which if you look up Georgia O'Keeffe, it is a lot of like desert bone type like paintings and scenes like cattle skull heads and yeah, very just like desert landscape But he, you can tell like Jesse really likes her. He wants to do whatever, you know, with her. And so he's like, yeah, let's go. And then, of course, Jesse gets a phone call and it's from Walt. Walt is basically like, we need to cook. And I did not get that it was a lie at first. And I think that was just me I don't know. I, I I was convinced. Walt convinced me in that moment. Um, but basically, Walt tells Jesse that that barrel of uh, methylamine that they stole way back when was losing its chemical potency, and that if they didn't use it up, it was going to go bad. And he was like, "So unless you want to steal another barrel of methylamine, then we need to like cook as much as possible to like use it up before it goes bad." Jesse basically is like okay and so they you know make make the agreement that they are going to go out and cook and so Jesse does not go on his little getaway with Jane Walt gets picked up by Jesse at the airport and Jesse shows up with the RV like with the meth RV and Walt is like you really drove a meth lab to the fucking airport and so they drive out to their little desert spot and they've, you know, they've got their water. They start going through all this stuff. They're all, they're all ready to go, and they start cooking. What they don't see is that uh, there is an indicator light on the dashboard that lights up when Jesse puts the keys in the ignition. And the only reason he puts the keys in the ignition after they're parked in the desert is because Walt makes a comment about how. There, he was like, "This is our cooking space. Like, can we not have this stuff? Like, the keys are only spare keys, like in this cooking space. So, in order to not lose them, Jesse puts them in the ignition. So then we get a fun cooking montage of these two, just like every you know hour after hour after hour, cooking, peeing, drinking water, like being very proud of their success. And then at the end, we get them, you know, getting their their final bag weighed and thrown in a pile. And they wind up having cooked 42 pounds of meth, which is crazy. It's a tub full of that blue crystal shit. They do the math and that 
they would each, if all of that got sold, get $672,000 each. And so they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. Jesse makes some sort of comment about like just in time because the generator like just ran out of gas or whatever. And Walt's like, what do you mean? Just in time. He goes over to the methylamine barrel and like shakes it and is like, I, I, I want to get rid. We have to get rid of all of this. And Jesse's like, can we please just take the night off? Like my back hurts. Like we've, we've done so much. Like we are, we're almost out of petroleum anyway. Like let's just take the night. And so they go to turn like the car on and the car does not start. It is like a, oh fuck, oh no moment. And Walt like goes off on Jesse about how could he be so stupid putting the keys in the ignition, like blah, blah, blah. And like, these are the vibes of, of like season one of like, Jesse cannot do anything right. He's a fuck up. Walt's in charge, like kind of all of this stuff. And now they are stranded. Um, so Walt does the, the classic, like, um, you know, rubber tube breathing in until he's able to get the gas to like siphon out because they're like, okay, we can use the generator to uh, jump the battery, but we have to put gas into the generator. And while uh, that's happening, Walt starts having like a coughing fit and Jesse like looks away for a second to make sure that Walt's okay. He spills some of the gasoline over the generator and not just into like the gas tank of the generator. And so when they go to start it, it's not starting. And then they get the jumper cables right, but Walt connected the jumper cables wrong. So he tells Jesse, red to red, black to black. Jesse does that, but Walt did not do it correctly. And Jesse finally gets the generator to start. And by start, I mean it exploded and the whole thing caught on fire because there was just like gasoline all over it and everything now. And in order to put it out, they both react. Walt went inside first, Jesse went inside second, but Jesse came back out first and had the gallon, you know, jug thing, multiple gallon, but like the big bucket of water and threw that on top. They're only water that they are stranded in the like New Mexico desert with. Whereas when Walt comes back out, he literally had a fire extinguisher in his hands. And so this was another moment of like Walt just being pissed. And Jesse says something about like, well, excuse me for thinking on my feet. And Walt was like, oh, you were thinking. That's the problem. It was just like him being brutal, being absolutely brutal. So they're stuck there now. Jesse's phone has had zero reception this whole time. Walt's has like a little bit of service. So Jesse's like, I need to use your phone. Like your wife isn't going to notice one little phone call because that was Walt's whole thing. Like he didn't want Skylar to notice that there were calls on, you know, his phone, like random numbers and things like that. So that, you know, he wasn't trying to get caught again. So Jesse calls um, Skinny Pete and gives him like vague directions on how to on how to get there. Then we get a cut to them. It's like, it's now nighttime. They are bundled up because the desert at night is freezing. They call Skinny Pete back to ask, like, where is he? In the middle of them realizing that he is not anywhere near them and has gotten lost, the phone dies. And Walt, in that moment, just kind of, like, curls up and goes to sleep. Like, he is like, I am done for today. I am going to just... I am going to be done. And so... Jesse also, you know, 
goes to bed. And in the morning, Jesse wakes up and uh, Walt has already been outside. And he's been like doing this like hand crank generator thing to try to like do a trickle charge on the battery. Um, And so Jesse takes over because Walt starts having a coughing fit. And that is when Jesse realizes that Walt lied about the methylamine going bad and that they are there cooking rather, I mean, in a, in a way, yes, like selfishly because of Walt's health after hours of what I perceive are hours due to the way it was filmed of them, like cranking this generator, they put it back in the car and then briefly the engine fires up and then immediately dies. And Jesse is just pissed. Walt is having a coughing attack throughout this whole thing. And Jesse like leaves the RV after his fit to find Walt in a really beautiful shot of just sitting in this like amber grass in the desert. And he has coughed up blood like into his hand and he has like blood kind of like trickled out of his mouth. Like that moment's very like poignant because like Jesse has a breakdown and he like starts going down this rabbit hole of like, why couldn't I have just gone to Santa Fe with Jane? And it, like it start, starts this like cycle of like, why do I keep choosing to do this with Walt when he clearly does not care about me? And I keep convincing myself that he does, but then like realizes like Walt's gone and Walt's not okay and is like really dying because he starts believing Walt's, you know what Walt's been believing since the beginning of the episode that like he's going to die soon and what we kind of as the audience perceive. It was just a really beautiful moment. And they've at this point kind of accepted in some ways that they're just going to die and more Walt than Jesse, especially because we get Walt in the RV just being like, I deserve this, which is crazy. And Jesse's comforting him and being like, everything you've done has been like for your family. And Walt kind of tries to like argue about that and be like, I've lied to them all the time. Like, I I can't keep anything straight anymore. When I talk to any of them, like, I worry them, I disappoint them. And Jesse kind of just like throws his hands up and he wants to start like, kind of walking out and just seeing if he can find anything, anyone, anything. And Walt starts talking to him about like electrolytes and how he'll be dead, like within the hour and his body's just going to shut down. And that's when like Jesse just kind of pops off and he's like, he's like, I need you to stop like giving up and start using your like science brain, start thinking about science. He's like, we have a whole lab here. Like, you know, can't we, and he goes off. He's like, can't we make like a robot or like a dune buggy or something like whatever that actually does spark Walt. And he realizes that he can make a battery. He starts being like, do you have any coins? Like, Okay, I need any uh, specifically. Uh, he says galvanized metal. So, and then finally tells Jesse, like, we are going to make a battery, and they do. They make a battery, and they connect it to the RV. It's so like season one as well, because like as he's building it, he's explaining it. Because like Jesse's like, I'm all in. I'm learning. It's like the the rice and beans again of just like Walt explaining as he's doing and the thermite again. He tries to see if Jesse's like actually learning or like smarter. And he's like, and then what do we do to conduct all this? And he's like swinging the copper wire. And Jesse's like the wire. And he's just like, ugh. Copper. Yeah. <laughs> and it and it and it works. The car starts when they turn the ignition over. Jesse drops Walt back off at the at the airport 
but what he says to Walt, I think is ah, Jesse's such a good character because after all of that, even after being like, why didn't I just go to Santa Fe? He says, whatever happens, your family will get your share. And it just shows that like Jesse is such a honest guy. And it's funny to like use the word honest when you're talking about high end meth dealers. But I think like, even after that, even after recognizing Walt really only is in this for himself, for his family, and not for Jesse or Jesse's well-being. He just kind of needs Jesse, that Jesse is still like, when you're gone, I will take care of your family. And so in our beginning of this episode started in a doctor's office, it also ends in a doctor's office, because they are sitting, all of them, the five of the, the core family members, and they find out that Walt's tumor has actually reduced by 80% and that the bright white spot that they saw was inflamed tissue. You can, I, it was so interesting because I still don't know if I know how Walt was feeling in that moment because it seemed like he kind of became at peace with the idea of knowing that he was going to die. And it almost gave him like an excuse for all of his behavior. And now that he knew that he was in remission and that his tumor had reduced by 80%, it was this thing of like, he's excited that he's going to live and like be with his family. But also now he doesn't really, you know, there's a whole lot of an excuse now for all of these horrible things that he's kind of like, been embarking upon at least that's how like i interpreted it because it was a it was a very i mean you could tell it was a a conflicted reaction but there wasn't any like dialogue on his part there i think what really echoes in this moment is like hank's line because hank quotes the godfather of like just when i thought i was out they pull me back in and that feels very much of like what walt's feeling of like he truly thought he was not gonna live for very long and now he's kind of like stuck dealing with all these demonic choices he's made to try to have a future for his family and a lasting legacy for lack of a better word even though it's kind of like a bad legacy but like stability for his family's future and like he he does have that meltdown in the bathroom that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it was his this is when he first mentions too that he like coughed up blood and uh his doctor tells him like that could have been because you tore your esophagus like due to the inf- the tissue inflammation and you know everybody in the room kind of looks at him like what the fuck why didn't you mention this sooner and you know he goes to the restroom and yeah he he punches a metal towel dispenser and then leaves and the ending shot is just the like smudged knuckle prints on the dispenser and also just like the faintest bit of like blood that he like he punched it so hard and so repeatedly that he very clearly busted his his hand open this episode is like is is really great because there's a lot of there's a lot more deep diving into walt and jesse like it's very reminiscent of season one because you feel like oh walt and jesse are getting closer like it's it's the whole thing where it's like they're not getting closer, but then they end up actually getting closer and like understanding a mutual trust and understanding of why they're doing this. And yeah, Jesse is just such a good guy. And it's really, really frustrating that Walt 
does not give him that credit. He just expects it. I, I mean, they had the sweet moment when Jesse was dropping him off at the airport where Walt's like, I hope I can trust you to make sure. And Jesse's like, yes, I'll make sure your family gets the money no matter what, because Jesse is just that good of a guy. But then that just sets up an expectation for Walt of like, Jesse will always be like that. And so because we've been seeing that throughout season one and season two so far. So it's just like, is this going to bite Jesse in the ass about how good of a guy he is and Walt taking advantage of that? And so it's just very hard to like deal with this relationship that you think is going to get better. But, you know, Walt's just going to manipulate because he's just that bad of a dude. I guess I some trivia I've got. This one's got a lot of trivia, which was really fun. So there's that montage sequence where Jesse picks up Walt at the airport and they're driving out to the desert. Well, part of that sequence, the RV goes on the highway. That was a complete mistake because uh, Aaron Paul accidentally missed a turn. But like they just stayed in character. Like We don't notice as the audience because it's, it's all sped up montage anyways. Oh, no. <laughs> and they just kept rolling. But like everyone was so concerned because that RV was like really not safe to drive on busier streets because it was just so just like old and kind of falling apart but like Aaron Paul just stayed in character and they just got through it to get back on track that's just hilarious and then like the shot of Walt and Jesse urinating in the desert wasn't actually originally in the script the director had that as an idea one morning and it was just they just shot it first thing in one of their early morning shoots because like yeah Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul were like we're down I liked it it was funny yeah and then I also read that this this episode in particular is uh, Aaron Paul's favorite of the whole series, which is really, really cool to see. And you can you can really tell. So then to wrap up our episode today of Breaking Bad is episode 10 titled Over. This one's written by Moira Wally Beckett and directed by Phil Abraham. We get a little teaser of the black and white weirdness again. Yes. So this pink teddy bear that keeps showing up. Um, but this one, we get like the most visual information out of all of the other ones that we've gotten, you know, so far. So we have this pink teddy bear, which I always think is very interesting. That's the only thing that's ever in color, really, in these teasers. We have this pair of glasses, which we've gotten before. And I think we talked about before, like it, it reads as if they're Walt's glasses. At least that's how I've always interpreted it. Um, this time we've got two guys in hazmat suits who are like actually collecting these items, but they've already kind of been like itemized because now they're evidence like uh, recorded items. And as they leave, they pass by Walt's car that's got it's got the windshields and windows and everything completely shattered. They are clearly in front of Walt's house. And in the driveway are two body bags. And there are clearly, there's clearly an individual in each of the two body bags. So I still have absolutely no idea what's happening at all. It clearly has gotten intense if there are two dead bodies in the driveway of Walt's like private home. We'll find out more. That'll be great. I know you can't say anything else. Yeah, <laughs> you said, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Cool. So Walt like really wants to like 
go back to work, but Skylar is very adamant that he should rest as much as possible and like emphasizes that and even makes a point to be like, but as she goes to leave for work, like being like bonus points if you nap. Um, because she is having a party for his remission and like she really wants him to be like, you know, on top of his game, well rested, like able to go do that. As soon as she walks out the door, Walt's like got the phone and it like half rings. It's Jesse, uh, right, like answering and, and being like, and uh, what's up? And and so then they meet up because Walt's like, can you like, can you, are you available to meet? And they just go to get like lunch at some like Mexican joint. And Jesse fully is like, I honestly thought maybe you like kicked the bucket. He was like, I thought maybe you died. So I'm super happy to like hear that you're in remission. Jesse kind of brings up like, how are they going to move forward now that we know that you're not going to, you know, die. And Walt says that he does not want to be in the drug world anymore after these 42 pounds of meth that they made get, you know, sold off, you know, but Walt said this before, you know, he said he doesn't want to do it anymore. And then he goes back and then he says he doesn't want to do it. And then he goes back. Um, but now that he doesn't have this kind of like mortality, you know, hanging over him as heavily, it, it makes sense that, that after he can potentially get 600 something thousand dollars, uh, just for him that he wouldn't, he doesn't need the risk anymore after that. It's weird because we also get some more of like, he, he tells the news to Jesse, like he's in remission and everything. And Jesse's like psyched because he had an aunt who had like stage three and she didn't make it. Like it's it's very clear that she died. So like Jesse does have like history of someone he knows and like close closer family member that didn't make it through cancer. And so he's he is like psyched for Walt, but then he also like he immediately picks up that like Walt's conflicted. Jesse is like half half hopeful that like Walt still wants to cook and like you know go down this enterprise, but then like is also super understanding that Walt just wants to get out and like doesn't force it. Like cause Jesse is just such a good guy. Like I think we all stand for Jesse. Of just like we want good things for him because he's such a good guy. He just sometimes makes bad choices or is stuck in bad situations that he can't get out of. So then we get the party and we're at the party. It is not going well. Like from the jump. Like Walt is a little a little dissociated, especially at the toast that Skylar gives him. In the toast, uh, Skylar mentions that Gretchen and Elliot are like what made all of Walt's treatments possible and everything. And that was honestly when we saw Walt shut down because obviously Gretchen and Elliot had nothing to do with Walt being able to pay for his uh, treatments or any of it. And after Skylar's done with her toast, she throws it back to Walt and is like, dude, like, do you have anything you want to say? And he gives this like three sentence speech that says, when I got my cancer or when I got my diagnosis, cancer i said to myself you know why me and then the other day when i got the good news i said the same thing and then everybody was just silent and it was like i love the shot that they gave of hank because hank's just making this face of like 
oh okay and like is there more buddy there should maybe maybe something else like just and it was all just a singular facial expression that was just golden and yeah they just kind of stand there in in silence and like it's like okay and the party resumes um and like as hey as uh, walt says that too though they also show us a, a shot of skylar who is going from like a smile to kind of just like a for, forlorn sad like the smile just kind of drops off her face as he says that as well so then we get hank and walt and walt jr at a table and we get a moment of horrible horrible parenting and like self-indulgence in that walt is clearly starting to feel some type of way about hank's relationship with walt jr which we saw again a little bit in season one with with everything um, about like why did Walt Jr. feel more comfortable about calling Hank and Hank even being like this is the kind of thing you should call your dad for like when he got busted for trying to get someone to buy him and his buddies um, beer and stuff and Hank's kind of going off on this like chat about the the informant that they had Tortuga and the explosion and all of that and Walt just gets angrier and angrier because Walt Jr. is clearly like infatuated with Hank's line of work and the things he's talking about in these stories. And Walt literally takes the solo cup that of like whatever soda pop his 16 year old son is drinking, aggressively chucks it and then pours like a shot worth or whatever of tequila that is on the table that him and Hank are drinking into Walt Jr.'s cup at first hank was like hey like look at that uh you know thought it was like a a fun thing um he was like you better not let your mom see whatever so walt jr takes it and starts you know having a a reaction obviously because he's a 16 year old kid who just drank tequila for the first time uh hank even makes a joke kind of like pulls uh his the kid's shirt back a little bit he's like yeah i think i see a hair or two on there now whatever then walt pours uh walt jr another one and that is when hank gets hesitant he's like hey man like he's you know he's 16 like what are you what are you doing he just like kind of ignores him pours it whatever and walt jr takes the second one then hank like becomes a little bit more you know whatever he's like okay walt goes to pour a third one hank puts his hand over walt jr's cup and Walt pours the liquor through Hank's fingers. Hank is like, dude, what like what the hell are you doing? Like, this is this is crazy, whatever, and takes the bottle off of the like table. And I mean, Walt Jr. throws back the third one, you know, whatever. And as Walt and Hank are arguing, um, Walt Jr. vomits at the height of the argument into the pool, throws up all of the tequila. And Skylar kind of like pregnant Skylar runs over and just like basically tries to console her son is like, oh, get it all out. Like she's kind of able to piece together what happened just from watching, you know, Hank and Walt and seeing Walt Jr. now like puking into the pool. And Walt like goes and literally sits by himself at his own remission party and pours another shot to drink. It was just sad because it was it was like Walt was clearly not using his adult brain and Walt Jr. does not have an adult brain and just wants his dad to like 
be proud of him and things and yeah so that was depressing um especially for a cancer remission party so then we get jesse we're right we're back with jesse and he is cooking jane um a huevos rancheros breakfast and i cracked up because he as he cracks the first egg in he goes this is your brain and then as he cracks the second egg in he goes this is your brain on drugs as it's like frying and i was like man there are probably so many people who like are below us in age right now who if they went back and watched breaking bad they wouldn't understand that reference like they wouldn't know it they wouldn't get why that was so spot on and so funny for a plethora of reasons because it's 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 calling back to the it's like an 80s commercial i think was peewee herman doing that it's like this is your brain this is your brain on drugs and it's 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 reagan era anti like it's his war on drugs era stuff anti-crack basically yeah so then um, Walt calls Skylar and she doesn't answer. So he starts leaving a voicemail, basically just telling her like how sorry he is. And, you know, ends it very, very sweet. This is contrasted with Skylar is now listening to Walt's message at the office. And before he gets to the part about like his feelings, basically, and like the sweetness, um, her boss, Ted, kind of walks into the main room and she shuts her flip phone, like effectively not listening to the end of her husband's message. Her and Ted start talking and, you know, she talks about how Walt has cancer, but that they got good news and that he's in remission. Basically like that, that was all like nice and good and, you know, whatever, fine. And there's just still tension there. Like there's just still tension. And it's like, eek it doesn't feel good this is where uh walt just starts doing all of these home renovations as much as possible so like after he left that message like he noticed that something was wacky with the water in their house and everything was kind of like gross and so he uh goes to the hardware store and he pays cash for a new water heater which from episode one season one They've been talking about how this like water heater is broken and busted and a kind of a, a physical representation of, you know, their monetary financial situation. And now he can go and pay cash to fix the water heater. As he's putting the bills out, he puts a 20 down that has blood all over it. And he um, very discreetly like takes it back off the counter and puts it back into his pocket um, and is like, yeah, I'm going to just install this myself, whatever. It gets very like Walt takes on like a very like macho sense, like he's trying to fight the macho-ness of Hank. This is where like I like this is Dark Walt coming out. This is Dark Walt. This is this is heisenberg starting to influence walt right exactly because like he's talking to this yeah the home improvement store guy about like doing all the things and it's like it's very like yeah men do all the house renovations themselves kind of mentality stuff because like walt's like oh i'll just install it myself and he's like that's what i like to hear not many people do that anymore and it's just like jesus like walt what are what are you becoming right now so then we flash to jesse and 
Jane. And um, she's going through, which is a very sweet moment, like all of these um, like picture cartoon superhero things that Jesse drew when he was a kid and like asking questions about them and like showing an interest in something that Jesse genuinely loves to do. Like he likes to draw. He was still sketching and everything like in previous episodes and stuff um and like she even comments like she's like good line work Uh, this relationship's gonna destroy me i already know i'm so unhappy okay then all of a sudden um someone starts knocking she's like is that your door or mine and she's like oh that's my door and she like realizes she like looks out the window she gets dressed super quick goes out the back into her own apartment through her back door basically completely ignores jesse and we meet jane's dad who we've heard um a little bit about just that he's a very straight and narrow clean cut you know kind of guy he's the reason that there's no smoking in any of the apartments and things like that and so then jesse's so dumb but i love him he he comes out uh and <laughs> it's just so good um and he's like oh hey and then this guy, this dad just like stares at him. It's like, hello. And Jane totally brushes him off, like introduces him as the new tenant. And then when Jesse like sticks around to like, st- like be like, hello. Um, and she's like, do you need anything? And like, she's like, okay, great. Well, thanks for stopping by. And then like sent him on his way. And it was like, yeah, it was just it was just very interesting. It was very interesting. And Jesse, I mean, kind of got the hint, obviously, because it wasn't a hint. It was a baseball bat. And uh, <laughs> and then like walked away. So that's kind of where we, you know, see them in that scene. In the 30 seconds he's on screen, we get a very clear idea of like who her dad is and what kind of what kind of guy he is and what he expects of his daughter and what he expects for his daughter. They It's honestly, a lot of it is the costume design because he shows up in like a full dress shirt with like a sweater vest and a tie. It's very clean cut. Now that um, we're back at Walt um, and uh, Junior at the house and Walt has like installed the new water heater and he's like sang it up with Walt Jr. I, I think that this even furthermore like plays into the like Hank macho-ness kind of stuff of like being like, hey, son, look, I finally fixed our water heater. But Walt does apologize to Walt Jr. for the stuff at the party. And there was a, a heartbreaking moment when Walt Jr. was like, but I kept up, right? Like you and Uncle Hank, I, I drank three. And it's just this moment that you can see Walt was like, Oh, I fucked up way harder than I thought I did because what did I just teach my son? Like what, what has, uh, what have I done about to his expectations now and things like that? And Walt just kind of like leaves, you know, afterwards. And so then Walt finds another project and that he's like, Oh, the, the closet floor is like too soft. And it, he like tears it up and goes underneath and he's like, oh, there's like rotten wood and water damage and there's, you know, uh, bacteria or or no, uh, there's fungus like growing on these boards, causing them to be weak. And so he goes to um, the hardware store again and uh, gets a bunch of stuff to like go repair the floor. 
and that's like Walt Jr. comes home and Walt is literally sawing floorboards out from underneath the house and he's like is the house gonna collapse and, Walt, and Walt's like not if I have anything to, to do about it which is just uh, there's now just a giant hole like he's literally like on the dirt but from the house level so then uh, we get back, we cut back to, these are kind of all interspersed, um, just to see like everybody's lives that are happening kind of, kind of simultaneously right now. But we jump back to Jesse and Jane and just uh, Jane like so nonchalantly like comes back into Jesse's um, apartment to like hang out and like be together. And Jesse's like, hello, like are, like, are we going to talk about how you completely like brushed me off and all of this and basically like accuses her of being like embarrassed of him. Jane pretty much outright says like uh, something about not being able to tell her dad that like she's sleeping with the stoner guy living next door or whatever. There's a conversation that happens where Jesse's like, I'm talking about us and Jane is like, what's us? that just oh it it broke me that was so sad it was so sad because it was like jesse was like i'm out of here and like goes to leave and there's the classic shot of like jane goes to say something and then decides it's better this way so she doesn't actually say anything and she's like whatever and jesse gets in his car and he like looks back at the window of the apartment and she's not there uh like watching or anything and so he drives off it was just like, it was a very clear moment of like her trying to pretend that it wasn't more than just hooking up, even though it clearly is for both of them more than just hooking up. Then we cut to Skylar is at work and it's clearly very late at night. And her boss, Ted, comes by and he's like, oh, Skylar, you're still here, like whatever. She winds up just breaking down into full tears in front of him she makes this comment about like, which I thought was very profound, but about like feeling guilty for not feeling like happier about Walt being in remission. Ted goes into like launches into this um, monologue about like how when you're the person in your family that like is the rock for somebody, it takes everything out of you. And like when you are in a state where you don't have anything left to give, like that's, it's hard. And like, you know, obviously Skylar's pregnant for him. It was the flu, which at first I was like, mm, okay, I still, you know, but his story was like, I got where we were going with it. He like goes and touches her hand in a very comforting way, which like had there not been so much tension and so much lead up to tension would have been just a very nice platonic comforting gesture instead i literally was like nah like i had a i had a reaction i was like no and she does remove her hand she like goes to blow her nose but what was the telling point for me is that she immediately returned her hand to his after blowing her nose and then he took his other hand and put it on top and that is breaking a physical barrier like we have now entered into like physical touch you know territory of understanding that there's something there that should not be there but we're acknowledging that it's there i'm upset about this as well not necessarily again that i don't necessarily want walt and skylar to be together but i also i also like am i don't know walt's our protagonist i (laughs) (laughs) 
I get what you're saying. It's it's hard. It's very conflicting. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that like Walt's literally driving all their lives hell right now with his house renovation kick. And like Skylar even makes a comment. Like, I, I think it's like the next morning from that with with Ted of just like she and Walt Jr. are so done because it's just so loud and it's like never ending. Walt comes out, dump a bunch of wood outside that's like gone bad or whatever. And then he sees like, oh, breakfast is happening. And he like makes himself a piece of toast. And Skylar's just like, just like jaw dropped being like, are you going to go to work? And and like Walt responds back, there's rot, Skylar. I've got to take care of the rot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's channeling all his energy. All his energy is going into these renovations. And I think it's like, it's it's Walt's only way to like deal with his remission honestly because he 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 still hasn't really known how to react and so he's like he's taken this like newfound like i'm better so i'm gonna do all this ridiculous things of these house renovations and go crazy about it and get lost in in this and it's just it's so sad because he still doesn't realize how like destructive he is to the lives around him at the same time. And and it's just like Heisenberg is infiltrating Walt now. Uh, So after that, after they're all pissed at breakfast uh, about all the noise and everything, Skylar's back at work and she has gone into full-blown intentional flirting with Ted. She like knocks off her, um, her like pencil holder container thing to like get his attention. And then like he rushes over to help her and she's like, just starts flirting she like you know plays with her hair whatever and i'm like ah damn and like here's my thing i don't know if i see this going well either i i i feel like i'm interested to see where this storyline goes because i don't know i could just see there being some sort of twist potentially of like she is like fully ready to have this affair and ted is like oh no like sorry like we're we're chilling like i'm i've just been like a source of comfort this whole time which would be a really interesting plot point to make uh, I'll, I'll see what happens so then jesse just always goes back to his habits he smokes some meth there is a like paper that gets slid under the door and it is jane's way of trying to make piece because she drew a superhero um and named it apology girl and it's it's a really good drawing and it was really cute dude it was stupid and jesse obviously like also found it very cute and he's very smitten so he like smiled at it and everything so again like it's clear that jane does acknowledge that like there's something more there and wants that something more but you know Oh, God, if he fucks up her sobriety, I'm going to be pissed. So then our, our kind of like closing scene is <laughs> Walt is once again back at the hardware store because he's got to keep up these renovations. And he sees a cart that's got all of these like chemicals and everything in it. And it is very clear that someone is trying to make meth. And the guy who walks up to this cart after Walt's been staring at it is honestly somebody who looks like a cross between Badger and Skinny Pete. Like, just 
like a, 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 a you know not anybody like high up at all like someone you would look at and unfortunately make the assumption that they probably do meth walt gives him tips he's like you bought the wrong kind of matches um you need to go buy this kind of matches um also don't buy everything in one place don't be an idiot get things from different stores so that there's less like suspicion around it and this guy is like have you been watching me? And then bolts, just absolutely books it, like runs away, leaves the cart, whatever. So Walt like goes to like go buy his own things and then decides to not buy anything. And he goes out to the parking lot and we no longer have Walt. We have Heisenberg. This guy, this um, from the store is talking to this like super kind of like beefy, like somebody who's clearly higher up than him in whatever meth branch like these guys are a part of and they're arguing because this like burly dude is is basically like what do you mean you didn't get the stuff whatever and then this like tweaker sees walt and is like that's him right there and there's this confrontation and walt like walks up to this guy and like i mean walt is taller but this dude could have kicked walt's ass like low-key he was a he was a buff dude and walt in this horrifying like stern straight face just says stay out of my territory and there's a little bit of a stare down and then like they're clearly both spooked and they get in the car and they they have like a little rv themselves and then they like drive away and Walt's just got this look of like, yeah, I fucking did that shit. Um, and like that, and like that's how the episode like ends. And oh my god, it was like this was like that was a full descent. That was a moment of like, oh, Walt, Walt went full Heisenberg in here and like loved it, wanted it, like clearly enjoyed it. And I, I think that was so important. And like, and the music in that moment like helps like just like this buildup of like this is Heisenberg emerging and Walt like fully being like, I'm just going to go down this path. I'm choosing Heisenberg over, you know, a normal life because I don't know anything else anymore is what it feels like. Like he, since he went down this criminal path, like he likes it. Like he clearly likes it. It's like, it's his own addiction in comparison because he's addicted to like the power of it and having so much power over other people it's dark it's dark when you like like really think about like why walt chooses this because he doesn't do drugs he's not gonna do his own stash he's he's very much against all that he just likes the money and power and feeling like he's gonna make some sort of strong legacy for himself because i think it really just all ties back to gray matter how he left that because he felt I'm just, you know, surmising, just kind of guessing here that like he felt he wasn't going to make a big enough name for himself there. And so he, you know, slummed it being a chemistry teacher. And now he's found this new avenue, which was just initially what he thought was going to be a means to pay for his cancer treatments and support his family when he's gone because he truly thought he was going to die. But now he's just seeing this new avenue of like, I can have a lasting legacy of this power. So dark, so dark. 
Because honestly, like anyone who's gotten in Walt's way so far has died still, right? Like any big bad that's gotten in Walt's way has died. So like having that reputation to scare people off in a parking lot is just like terrifying what he he could potentially do. And I can't say anymore because I know too much. <laughs> Great, perfect. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I mean, overall, these were three really solid episodes. Sweet. So yeah, that's going to wrap it up. Don't worry, we will finish the season before the end of this year of Breaking Bad. And it's going to be a lot. I'm going to keep... I'm just, I, I don't know how much to warn you, Adam. I'm just not. I'm just going to not. And I'll just comfort you. I, I, I don't want to know anything. I want to know absolutely nothing. I'm loving this um, very naive, ignorant life that I'm living of knowing. All, okay, I will tell you. I know. I actually, I think I know one other thing about Breaking Bad than what I said I initially knew. And I don't actually know anything about it. All I remember is coming into school one day and everyone talking about something called the box cutter scene from Breaking Bad. That's that's the only thing I remember. Um, I know literally nothing else that except in one episode in I don't know what season, there's something to do with a box cutter that apparently like shook people. I'm happy living my little first time life. <laughs> so that's going to wrap it up for, for this episode. So next week, I kind of was like, since we're getting to like the end of the year... And like, uh, I was trying to find like new kind of like genres to kind of do. I was like, what if we did like a dramatic biopic? You know, just like something that focused on an individual or a group of people that was very like, hopefully more historically accurate. I say this now after we've learned that Imitation Game was terrible <laughs> in in accuracy. So I picked Till from twenty twenty two. I have not seen it yet, but I think it's a very important movie that we should be watching. And so even if even if we, you know, know the story, but unfortunately, I don't think that enough people do know the story. So I picked Till from 2022. I like that because I've also picked a very recent one. I picked the film Worst from 2020. So, yeah, this will be interesting. Yeah, this will be good. This will be good. But yeah, that's going to do it for us with resonant reels please follow subscribe like us on all the platforms you know comment what you want us to talk about ideas and stuff like that especially ideas for the new, new year that's great to like kind of give us ideas now of anything you want us to dive into whether it's like genre specific or like actor specific i have dreams but it's a lot of figuring out you know scheduling wise <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I guess uh, I've been Chandler. I've been Adam. And we'll see you next week. Adios. Adios.